0: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. And welcome to a good good afternoon. It's only 1115, right, Pat? (laughs) Is that the time we have? Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. So nice to have you with us today. This is our half hour that we get to talk to great professionals, of course, in and around the area. And today is our day with Family Pathways. So we get to talk with Sarah McKinley today and also Lincoln Roxbury today. And we're going to be talking about foster placement placements and permanency and foster kids and older youth. So we're going to cover all of that today in just a couple of minutes. But before I welcome the ladies into the program, let me tell you all the different ways that you can listen. Because of course you can listen to us live. Glad you do it on the radio sometimes. That's great. But there are a lot more people saying, but I don't have a radio in my home anymore. So you don't need a radio to listen to radio anymore. What you can do is go digital as we have. So you can put an app on your mobile device, whatever device, and that can allow you to be mobile for the day. You can listen to a streaming on our website. So just go there, whether it's on your laptop or your computer or your mobile device, if you want to do it that way. And you can go to wisr680.com and you're going to have a button there that says, listen live. Oh, while I'm talking about the website, you can go there after we're done because this will be the podcast of the day. And so what you do is in the menu bar, you press program or click program and then drop it down to let's talk and you can listen to it after we're all done. Now uh, you can also listen to us with your Alexa powered device and you can just say Alexa play WYSR 680 AM. I think I got everything off my checklist. Okay so different ways that you can listen and again you can listen to this in its entirety after we are done. Sarah McKinley with us the placement coordinator With Family Pathways, Lincoln Roxbury is in today. The permanency specialist, or one of, uh, with Family Pathways. Welcome, ladies. Nice to have you both here. Hello. Hello. Yeah. So uh, let me start with you, Sarah, because uh, you are the placement coordinator. We were just talking how long you all were there and how time flies. It does. Um, Generally speaking, then we'll get into details when we're talking about foster kids and Mm -hmm. and placements and permanency. How are things going at, at this time? I say of the year, you know, we've had an interesting couple of years. So how are you all doing right now?
1: Things are starting to pick up a little bit more. We're starting to see some more referrals coming in. Um, I think now that some of the mandates have lessened a little bit where people are out in the community more so we're seeing a little bit more so it's a blessing and a curse in its own way that we are able to see that that's happening can put those interventions in place and get those kids in safe spaces but also sad that that's we are getting that increase but it gives us that job security as well.
0: Right and Lincoln you've been there for a few years now so comparing what you've seen and then now where we are where we are Um, when we talk about kids there are different ages I know we're gonna focus on older kids today but even the younger um, have you seen a difficulty in transitioning back into life or are they just more resilient than we are in, in trying to get back into whatever normal looks like
2: yeah I mean In my experience, kids are way more resilient than we are, right? Um, Yeah, I think that especially, you know, with COVID coming to an end, these kids are just ready to get back out into the community and be able to do things um, for so long, especially with my services, we had to do everything virtually. And that's really hard, especially with younger kids. So I think they're excited to be able to have people back and have people be able to play and bring them activities and that kind of stuff. So
0: so for the older kids, though, can it be a convenience because, you know, they're. There's a generation that's grown up with being online yep. and um and so they may think that well this is great that we're finally moving in this direction oh, so do you f- see that at all when you do some virtual appointments
2: absolutely yeah i definitely think so i know a lot of our older kids now that we're starting to transition back into person they're like oh can we still do yeah. virtual visits and we're like oh uh, <laughs> we wish but you know we're we're trying to get back we like to be in the home to be able to see them with their caregivers you know that kind of interaction so sometimes you miss that when you're on the screen
0: I was going to ask what do you miss I'll ask you the same thing as well but uh, Lincoln what do you think that you miss not that you're not observant but right it, it's there is
2: a difference when you're physically in the same space oh yeah absolutely I mean when you're in the house you're seeing their interactions even with their pets and their caregivers and just what their room looks like and all of that kind of stuff and whenever you're in front of a your screen you're seeing that little square so i mean i think overall just the general sense of how you're doing in that home and if you're succeeding and what kind of needs are being met and what are being missed i think you don't get that full thing whenever yeah. sarah how yeah. about you i completely agree with everything like said. also adding in that body language we
1: we see so much in body language when we're talking to our clients and um that that the, the, that screen it it takes away a lot of that. I mean, you still can show some body language and everything, but we're missing the background pieces. And if something's going on over here, how that kiddo's reacting to that situation. So we're not seeing that full pic We weren't seeing that full picture. And now we're able to see all of the pieces kind of coming together again. And, and nice.
0: body language is interesting for me to talk about. I just love nonverbal communication and mm-hmm. looking at that. But when you're looking at nonverbal communication from chest up, waist up, you know, the little. I call it the Brady Bunch Square <laughs> <laughs> online yeah. you know uh you're only seeing a portion of the body where it is important to see like the feet mm-hmm. and how you're sitting and are your legs crossed or right. open or is, you know is mm-hmm. your body facing you or, or away i mean those are things that you you wouldn't be able to see on a screen most right.
1: definitely we're if we're able to see if that kiddo's tapping their leg that they're be a little anxious about something we're talking about and being able to call them out on that in an appropriate right, way obviously right, right. Mm-hmm. and and talk with them and process if we're seeing that they're appearing more anxious than what they're actually telling us. So it's really nice to be able to have that in person again, to be able to have that interaction and, and connect with one another. Mm-hmm. And
0: Lincoln, when, when you're talking about the home, I'm going to move over to you again. Your, your work really focuses on the home, doesn't it? Because you're trying to either reunite families or put um, a child in a, in a safe place in a new home. Right. So you have to understand that environment.
2: Yeah, especially too, um, as a permanency specialist i do a lot of finalization services which is preparing kids for an adoption so once they get to that point where you know adoption is the only option on the table and so just making sure those kids are comfortable they have that good attachment with their caregivers and like that's the best step for them so i think that's really important as well and adding into that having
1: those conversations being able to go in person we're able to pull those kids aside and have those heart-to-heart conversations Mm -hmm. with them instead of it being virtual where we're not sure if someone's listening in and maybe the kiddos aren't able to express their true feelings because they're worried that someone's hovering behind them impacting that.
0: Right. So how do you handle that? When you're in a home, are you able to go outside so you know that that's a safe space? You know, because sometimes in a home, you know, walls are thin. Yes, <laughs> in so some homes, definitely. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you handle that kind of scenario when maybe a, a child is uncomfortable with someone else listening to what they have I, to say? And
1: that depends honestly in the services that we provide. From from my department, it is truly us going outside, kind of taking a breath of air. Um, permanency, they're able to take the kiddos out into the community and go do different activities, so they're able to completely leave that residence. Mm-hmm um and we're we're kind of we're in there because we're monitoring the safety of the home making sure everything's appropriate so we often go outside and do a little talk with them and maybe walk the dog if that's something they want to do and just kind of catch up and get to know them that way
0: yeah and how are tensions within families and you all have you seen a reduction in tensions or are you already
1: in a very serious situation to begin with you know I mean there are already tensions there I would say it's it's already a stressful situation Adding the virtual piece created more because oh, it did lo- create more. I think okay. it did. Because okay. a lot of the times when kiddos come into care, a lot of them are placed with their grandparents, and that generation isn't always the most technologically savvy. Mm-hmm. So that, and that's okay, it's it just completely, you know, that's yep. we grew up in a different world of our generation yep. where yeah. we it have to be six
0: months just to figure out where my camera was. <laughs> exactly. you know I mean, it, it just <laughs> is. And
1: I mean, I grew up in the, the generation that should know all of the technology things, but there are things that my kiddos that I'm working with are teaching me every day that I have right. no idea how to do. Right thing. So me having those struggles, I can't imagine being a grandparent and having those same struggles and not knowing how to figure out how to connect to a a virtual visit for that child and their parent either. So that's creating that frustration and and increasing the anxiety in that kid because they can feed into that and read into that anxiety or frustration that that adult's having as well
0: yeah I, I'm, I'm picturing and and I know as a parent I could chuckle about it but as a grandparent I, I it would be frustrating where the kid probably is frustrated because the grandparent doesn't know mm-hmm. right. my kids get frustrated when me as the parent doesn't know right. you know and meanwhile mm-hmm. I'm trying to struggle and they come over and like mom just hit this you know <laughs> and then you know but that can compound the mm-hmm. emotions in the room because now the kid's just frustrated because it's like we can get this done very quickly mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. adults
1: sometimes want to spend a little more time right especially when we're going through our certification process for our Our emergency placements because those are time they're they're time framed so they only have 60 days to get that done and when you're running into those barriers that technology can have that can delay that can delay that process but we don't have the ability to allow those delays to happen so coming up with creative ways to assist those caregivers and making sure they're getting everything done and getting the knowledge that they need as well never thought about the timeline Mm -hmm. because you can't extend that can you lincoln no No. that is a regulatory requirement for any emergency placement we have to have that done within that time frame interesting Mm -hmm.
0: interesting so uh and lincoln i'll come back to you because i keep bouncing it's like a tennis match right (laughs) i keep going back and forth back and forth uh lincoln so tell me how you handle a young person who may be either uncomfortable or they're quiet or they don't want to open up, you know, you have that barrier yep. there and you have that time frame right. that you're trying to meet. So how do you get a child or a young person to open up?
2: So, I mean, I definitely think it's working at their pace. That's what I've really come to terms with is sometimes you always want to like push, 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 and you're like, come on, if you just like open up, we'll have so much fun. But you know, it's not always, it's not always that way. And you know, every kid is so different. I've never come across a kid that is the exact same. Um, So it's just, I think I like to work with them at their pace. And if it, you know, for 10 sessions we only talk about very surface level stuff then that's okay and by you know six months in if you're ready to talk then you're ready to talk but i definitely think not pushing it and you know it's a little bit different because with you know the caregiver side we do have that certification process that deadline but with our kiddos we have like a little more leeway as far as the timeline goes and the time frame so i mean If a kid wants to open up to me on the first session that's amazing that's great but if it takes six months then it takes six months so and
0: i'm glad that we're bringing this point up because if there are parents listening no matter what they're going through mm-hmm. you know whether it's family pathways or not if they're in that situation i can only imagine parents saying can't we just hurry this up you right, know right. you know and mm-hmm. you know I'd, I'd like to shorten this a little bit or right. maybe it's not anything against you or the child but it's the frustration that the child keeps going through yep. these sessions and won't open up right. and and you're saying that that's okay there, yep. there's a there's an end goal to this right
2: yep and even if it is you know slower paced and it takes a lot longer i mean at the end of the day my goal is to just know have a kid know that they have a support system whether that's their caregiver whether that's me you know whether that's their placement facilitator so if you know we're only talking about my little pony for six months, then I mean, at least it's a connection that they have. And it's someone that they can, you know, trust and look forward to coming every other week for six months, a year, however long it takes.
0: Yeah. So Sarah, talk about that importance of having a safe spot for these young people. And I keep saying young people, I'm thinking of, I don't know, teenagers and up, you know, mm-hmm. but still in younger kids, they also need a safe space. Mm-hmm. It's just what I'm asking you. That's what's in my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talk about the need for a safe person or a safe space in their minds.
1: I can't express the importance of that enough, in all honesty, because being able to have that safe space for them is so important. It lets them break down their guard or and, and truly express how they feel. Um, a lot of times the workers sometimes can be the most consistent people in those kiddos' lives because maybe they haven't had the best home life and there's been a lot of people moving in and out of their home, and then they disrupted from that and they're placed into a, a, a various, they could be in a kinship home, they could be in a group home, they could be in a foster home. Maybe that doesn't last forever and they have to move again. So those kids have gone through sometimes five moves, but that worker stays with them through all of those moves. So showing that child that you're there no matter what or where they're at, that is such a big thing for that kiddo to experience and know that no matter what happened back then, we're still here and we're still that safe person to, to be there for the next step as well.
0: Do you get to see the end result? I know it's been just a few years that you've been there and Lincoln as well, but have you, get, have you gotten to see somebody take a journey that you got to see the end result, if you will,
1: whatever the path was? Yes, and seeing it done successfully is the highlight of my job. It makes every rainy day sunny because a lot of what we do it is those storm clouds and gray areas and gray skies but Mm -hmm. even having those few successes that truly work the whole way through even if we only get a handful of them out of the year they make everything else much better because it's what we're working towards and hoping for
0: Lincoln anything you want to add to that
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I work a lot with the kiddos that are getting adopted, so it's amazing. Usually every year they have a big adoption day and that's changed a little with COVID and everything, but just to have that day where, you know, it's all about these kiddos that, you know, are finally getting there forever, their family, um, and reunifications as well. It's Mm -hmm. so, so rewarding to watch these parents work so hard to get these kiddos back and, you know, finally reach that goal and be able to have their kids come home. And so, I mean, I love every, every part of it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. As we're getting into those times of reunification or the court date, I remember I've talked to you both or or I've talked to you, uh, Sarah, about the court date. Um, Would that happen as, normal this coming year or are we just kind of walking the path to see what happens I when think we we'll get there kind of just roll with the punches and <laughs> yeah. see
1: what we get when we yep. get there we're still kind of in that <laughs> mode that yeah, we're I still not
0: so. quite sure about things but you know mm-hmm. at least we're in a better spot than we were a couple years ago yes. so that's a good thing so Lincoln uh, Roxbury is with us she's a permanency specialist and Sarah McKinley is a placement coordinator both with Family Pathways and uh, talking about permanency and and adoption and just kind of going over a couple things especially for older youth so um, Sarah let me just go back to you for a moment and can you tell us why you would have older youth in need of a place to go to
1: A lot of times people are afraid of the older youth because they come with more baggage than the younger kids they've been through way more they've seen more and Sometimes they have a stronger opinion. And for some people that can be really scary or intimidating. People are nervous to go through the teenage years with their own kids. So imagine adding in a complete stranger into that and the unknown of what they've been through. It can be really scary. But a lot of times those kids just need one person to give them the chance and they will thrive in that environment and exceed any expectation that I know we've had for them in the past to just having a stable place, especially because of that, a lot of the older youth end up going into group homes because people are afraid to take that chance and that risk. And very, I very much understand that in certain circumstances, but sometimes it's okay to take that leap of faith in our, we have on-call staff 24 seven, if anything were to happen, um, but to give that chance, it's, it's really nice so they don't end up in just another group home.
0: Yeah, let's talk about a little bit about the support link and I'll turn to you if you don't mind, because what if a an adult or a couple, um, single you know or together they decide to uh take this leap of faith and uh, they're struggling with that. So what services do you have that helps the adults in the situation learn how to adjust?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, um, for the kids, they have the permanency services. Um, The adults, you know, they have their placement facilitator who is really just there to be their support Um, on top of, you know, making sure safety regulations and all of that kind of stuff are in place, but they're just really there to be the sounding board and help them understand, you know, this could happen. You know, you might wake up and a a teenager is going to test bound boundaries it, whether it's a foster kid or not every teenage <laughs> mm-hmm, kid tests right. boundaries so um, I think it's just having someone be there and then we also at family pathways um, offer a support group for our foster parents so um, whether you're a kinship caregiver or a foster parent you can come in and we kind of just all sit down and talk about things that have happened frustrations and it's nice for I think you know families to hear from other families that they're going through similar things because sometimes you know we can sit here all day and be like, well, that's normal. But I think whenever it's, you're hearing it from someone else who's going through the same thing that you are, it kind of makes it like, okay, I'm not the only one in the world. You know, right, it, you right. know this this does happen. And I think what I love about support groups so much too is it's not always necessarily like teens. So like these people are like, oh, these teens are doing that. And then, you know, you have a family right next to them. was like, well, my five-year-old's doing it. And so I think it kind of normalizes those behaviors, especially in teenagers that everyone is so scared of.
0: Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: In partnership with that, we also, Family Pathways offers so many other departments and services Mm -hmm. too. We have the therapy, um, the outpatient department, we have family-based services, we have a psychiatrist, so we have a lot of supports outside of the placement and permanency department too that we can utilize as resources to make sure we're giving our caregivers good information, but if they need that extra support themselves too, we can make those referrals appropriately to get the kiddo into therapy, to assist the caregivers in getting into therapy, or family-based services to come into the home and help them be a cohesive unit as well. So we have a lot of different options in that
0: when do we call you on our own and when is someone referred to you how does that work so can we just call up Family Mm -hmm. Pathways and say hey we need help as a family or maybe we'd like to start adopting you know I mean what's the process because you have so many services Mm -hmm. sometimes you need a referral you know or you are referred Mm -hmm. uh, your services are referred and then sometimes we can just call you
1: yeah Mm -hmm. definitely so it really depends and if you're ever questioning it call and ask us if we're not able to make that referral directly we're gonna get you in point you in the right direction to get you where you need to go and get those the the help that you need
0: because when you list your services Mm -hmm. all the time and how long have i talked to you you know it's like (laughs) years now but it's a lot and Mm -hmm. if you haven't needed the services up until today maybe Mm -hmm. you're hearing us today and and you think yeah i've been wanting to call them i just haven't called Mm -hmm. them yet um, it can get confusing because yes. of the terminology mm-hmm. and what kind of services and what's it mean to be a coordinator versus, you know, a, right. a right. You know, mm-hmm. specialist mm-hmm. and all this. So how do you help people kind of navigate this new world that they want to get into?
1: Our intake people are amazing. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know the answer, they're buzzing back to one of us and being like, I have so and so on the phone, they're asking about this, are you able to help them? And if we're able to, then we're picking up that phone and giving them the best answer we can. And if we can't get that answer solidified, we're, we're helping them find their next step for sure. Um, so it's truly just doing your best to explain it and we've become pretty good puzzle solvers and can help <laughs> right. figure that out and detect it and, and, and get you what you need
0: and Lincoln, like, i know that adults will be listening for the yeah. uh, primary audience that we have and i w- want to express my opinion but i want your response off of it that it's okay that you don't know you know and that's why we turn to professionals (laughs) in anything that we need Mm -hmm. i mean i always liken it to baking a cake if i can't bake a cake i'm gonna go to somebody who knows yep now in this kind of situation you got pretty serious situations so it i i wonder how many people you run into that still are afraid to call because they think they should know and they don't know and they don't even know what to ask you right. because they don't know what they don't know <laughs>
2: right exactly no and i i could not agree could not agree more um i think as kind of what sarah said is we're gonna find you the answers whether you need and so i don't I encourage people, even if they're scared or if they're worried, you know, I don't know who to call. Call because one of us in in our pool of sixty employees is going to be able to give you the answer that you're looking for. And so it might take us, you know, a little time to find that perfect person, but we we all we all work very closely together, and we all know each other's roles very well too. So it's nice knowing that you know if I'm not going to be there and uh, someone's calling for me, I can trust that Sarah's going to be able to answer those questions and vice versa. So.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the process of adoption. Sarah, I'll just start with you and back over the tennis net. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the, the start? What's the beginning of, of adoption?
1: So actually starting the adoption process actually starts with my department because we are the ones that certify that home and give it the certification that it is okay to go ahead and move forward and start that adoption process. We're saying that home meets all the safety requirements um, allotted by state regulations. So we are going through an orientation with a family, going over kind of what they're looking for in in their matches or their forever family and what they are seeking out. And we work cooperatively to complete home visits, make sure they get all their trainings, go over all our policies and procedures with them and and really kind of get to know them because we we want to know who they are too and make sure you're a good safe person get to know you on a on a different level than just as a professional um because that kiddo is going to be part of your life now so we want to see how you're interacting with your own children if you have any your pets um anything like that i always tell my families don't do a special cleanup for me just because i'm coming for a home visit i want to see how you live right um so it's super important for that and after we kind of get that ball rolling then I kinda of take my piece and hand it on over to, to Lakin and she does her thing and helps those family find those kiddos that they see find a connection to and set up interviews with that child and their workers. And um, kind of continue that process, but I kind of would let, I would let Lakin kind of describe that a little bit more. Yeah, let's she go ahead and roll more, the ball over yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
2: so I mean, once the family has met that certification, um, we kind of sit down with them and talk to them about what it is they're looking for. Are they looking for a sibling group of kids? Do they want older youth? Do they want younger youth? Like, do they only want boys? Do they only want girls? Like what that looks like. And then kind of the, from there, we tailor that search for them. Um, so we'll create a family flyer for them that kind of just introduces them and what they like and what they're looking for and the statewide adoption network they have a google group where you can send out an email on blast and across the state everyone gets this email Um, so at that point I would send out their flyer and then if any workers who are working with kids who might meet those specific preferences or might think that they might be a good match that's where the kind of matching process comes into play and vice versa if I'm looking you know and I see a kid and I'm like oh my gosh this would be the perfect kid for this family Um, so then as a worker I would reach out to the child's worker and vice versa and then we would just kind of get the ball rolling on you know getting more information on both so are we able to read the child profile can I send the family profile that has more information and then if that's a good match and everyone thinks like okay let's move forward um, from there we would set up a family interview where the family would get to meet the child and then if it goes well from there we do visits and then the ultimate goal would be for them to you know move into the home with the family Um, it is a pretty lengthy process but um, when it works out well it's really really beneficial and are you in
0: uh, a, a big need of homes for these kids to go to because as you're describing it you know and I appreciate that this is what you live day in and day out and I sit and I think but these are kids you know they should everybody should have a home to go to but we've all been in that position for years now right I mean and that's why we keep talking about this because it's such an important thing for kids to be able to have a home to go to that's safe
2: right and I definitely think it comes back to that older youth piece um we never really see much of an issue being able to place younger kids because you know, everyone thinks, you know, they're young, they're adaptable, it's okay. And so I think that the biggest piece is these teenagers, because that's day in and day out, we just see the need for these teens, you know, so, so badly. And I think that, you know, like Sarah said, there is that, that fear piece that plays into these families. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the holdup is, but I think that if you have like the, the littlest inkling to foster any teens, I think that, you know, at least getting some more information on it would be amazing
0: and remind me of the age range Sarah. you've told me this before when you're talking about older kids they would be between what
2: usually
1: anywhere between 10 11 and up to 18 Mm -hmm. okay can honestly go up to 21 at times um, because kiddos can remain in care past 18 if they choose to and get more supports and services as well which i absolutely love and i think that's an amazing thing because what 18 year old knows what they want to do with their life right um so anywhere between that age range. Mm-hmm.
0: And That's I great. wanted to bring that up because what if somebody is out there and they say, well, I think, you know, maybe at my age, I would be able to um, have someone in my house for maybe three or four years. You know, I mean, that, that could be yeah. somebody's scenario. Yeah. I'm sure you run into that mm-hmm. quite Completely. often, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that their own age, you know, they're aging and, and they have a timeline. So there are older kids that would fit that perfectly yes. where maybe they're going to be out of high school in two years, mm-hmm. Right. you know, three years, yeah. whatever it would be. So there's always a solution
1: Mm -hmm. I think we've seen most recently a lot of 16 and 17 year olds really needing that placement and they're so close to finishing their their high school career and they need that stability to get them to that. And I think that can set them up for a great future. Mm
0: -hmm. Have somebody there to watch them get that diploma. You know,
1: it's so important and all the other
0: specific Um, markers in life that we all look forward to Mm -hmm. I mean these kids want somebody there as well so Mm -hmm. you can always make a difference and a big difference we're running out of time quickly so Sarah let me get your contact information and and how do we proceed if we are thinking about going uh, forward with this
1: so you can contact us at 724-284-9440 we can be reached via email at family pathways at familypathways.net and we can be reached at familypathways.net online
0: fabulous all right and you know what before you go uh let me ask you about the new part of your building which forever to me will be the new part of the building (laughs) it could be 20 years old it'll be the new part of the building uh but how is that going i know you've reopened that for events to come in we have
1: yes so we're eager to have um anyone who's looking to hold an event um big or small we have lots of availability and rooms and absolutely beautiful area to host those events so um you can reach out in those same kind of contacts and, and we're happy to get the ball rolling on your event.
0: And that's the Monarch Institute. The Monarch Institute. All right. Right. Fabulous. Yes. Okay. Family Pathways uh, Lincoln. I always do the final thoughts if you'd like to share any. And then of course I'll, I'll end with you, Sarah. But any final thoughts you want to share with us?
2: Yeah. Today? Well, thank you for having us today. But um, I would just like to say, yeah, I mean, just to reiterate kind of what we talked about, if you're thinking about foster care in any sort of way, just give us a call. We're happy to answer any questions. Um, I I hope that we are able to hear from some people who want some teenagers. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely and Sarah.
2: Just, it never hurts to ask for help. We're always there to, to make a
1: difference for you and, and that child.
0: Absolutely. Phone number one more time. 724-284-9440. Sarah Lincoln, thank you so much for being here today. Thank appreciate you. it with Family <laughs> Pathways. And folks, again, if you joined us late in our conversation and you would like to listen to this again in its entirety, you can do that on our website. So what you would do is go WISR680.com Pick programs, Let's Talk, and then look for Family Pathways. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.